Hey everyone, welcome to the Project Esports Podcast. So since most of you are podcast listeners, this is also going to be our very first live recording on Twitch, and we'll also be putting on YouTube and all that kind of stuff too. So if we're making jokes about seeing each other, making comments on faces or anything like that, come check us out on YouTube or Twitch or anything kind of like that if you want to see it and kind of experience it live. But beyond that, we're still going to be going with the normal kind of schedule. We will live stream it every Sunday night, but the podcast will go live Monday morning as always. But I think today we're going to have a pretty good um, episode with um, kind of a wide variety of content. And surprisingly, none of it's on League of Legends or Overwatch, which is kind of a rare occurrence here on the podcast. So that's we're trying for you guys. But um, beyond that, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Nimsgern. And alongside me, I'll let you guys introduce yourself as always. Are we, how are we going to do this? Who's like? Because the Discord calls in a different row. Fuck it. Okay, okay, cool. Uh yeah, I'm James Graham, as it says on the graphic below me. And I'm uh Dylan Beal, aka Beal for Real, your your resident uh Twitch VJ. <laughs> and yes, hype Dylan, <laughs> Yeah, Dylan has done the favor of setting up everything for us. He's uh streaming on OBS, he made the backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. So if you had all enjoyed that, uh if you're on watching on YouTube or anything like that. Send him a compliment that his way because he definitely made this all happen. So thank you so much for that. But beyond that, and hopefully we don't have any technical difficulties, we spent about 25 minutes in the pre-show just trying to get James' microphone working. (laughs) But I think we're good to go now. And I just kind of want to jump into the kind of first topic. And it's kind of a bigger one. There's going to be two kind of sides of it. Um, But something I keep kind of bringing up is the NBA 2K League. So it's kind of finally progressing. So the official draft is going to take place on April 4th in New York. And it's supposed to happen at Madison Square Garden. Like, they're taking this very seriously. They have sent out, um, like, invitations, something like that, to the top 215 contestants from all the combines and the tryouts and all that kind of stuff. And I think they're going to be allowed to show up in person at Madison Square Garden if they want. Or maybe they're even flying them out there. I'm not quite sure about everything. Um, and be drafted to all the different teams. Um, there are 17 different teams, and the draft order will be uh, determined on March 31st at 1 p.m., and there's going to be six different rounds. So each team will, yeah, pick six players, kind of snake order. So first we'll get that, then it'll be reversed for those of you that don't know how kind of a fantasy draft or anything kind of like that works. So this is kind of exciting. I mean, we're about to see kind of history being made. The 2K League is about here. I mean, the draft's in April, then I think within like a month after that, the first game's kind of taking off. So now that you guys are kind of seeing teams starting to develop, it's kind of starting to be more official. I mean, you guys kind of bringing us, I know we keep kind of coming up to this topic, but as you see more information about it, are you getting more excited about it? Or is it just another like, cool, it's happening, but you don't care about it at all? I'm super worried. Um, so Uh-oh. as is, because like the ideas behind it are really cool. Like, I like that they're doing the draft and stuff and all this is interesting and really cool. But like, I had just had this really weird sinking feeling about it. Like they're just setting this up to crash really, really hard. I don't want that to be the case. I want it to do really well, but like, I don't know. It just seems like the, the hype going into it is like, I haven't seen too many people like really hype it up. Like at a, like a viewer level, I guess. There is people out yeah. there, but like viewer level, I haven't seen people hype this up super, super hard. But from like the organizations, they're hyping it up. So that kind of like mismatch there. I'm a little bit worried that 
um, after this big draft, we're going to see some some bad fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I hate this. Like, I hate to agree because I like with any with any new thing trying to make it its way onto the scene and stuff like that. Um, like, the, the, like, like Dylan said, the the orcs are doing a good job of of hyping it up. But as far as like the scene, the scene doesn't seem to care as much, which is a you know kind of concerning for me because you know the scenes like I mean the the the, uh, the orcs can have all the good intentions they want in the world, but if they're not bringing viewership, it's gonna it's gonna crash and burn, right? Which is a sin because it might be the only chance the Mavericks have like at getting a good team. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. See, I, I definitely kind of agree with you that there doesn't seem to be really any major interest in it right now, but I'm kind of hoping that that may change a little bit kind of as we get closer to the draft. I mean, right now, all there's been able to say is really for the people that want to be in it. I mean, there's been tryouts and stuff kind of like that, but they're all virtual tryouts. So it's hard for them to really have anything hype up about. Like, I guess you could make like kind of trailers and stuff kind of like that, but they can't show any like game footage. They can't show the draft footage. I mean, everything that they've been with just being showing 2K kind of played. So I'm kind of hoping that I agree with you right now that there hasn't been much publicity or anything for it, but maybe as it gets closer, that may kind of change. And you think that after the draft, it may kind of crash and burn. I think that after the draft, there may be the best chance. And how it is the week or two after the draft is going to be probably the biggest determinant of how big it's going to be. Because if people start kind of seeing like, oh, my NBA team now has a uh, 2K team. Like, and I played 2K. I can relate to that. And they start to kind of follow it and get on board of it and be excited to watch at least the first week. It's, I mean, of course, the first week viewership is probably going to be decently high because it'll have the money behind it and all that kind of stuff. And then it'll die off after that. But if that first week viewership isn't high at all, I agree the league's probably not going to take off. But hopefully the draft kind of gets it somewhat interested in that there's a chance but i don't know i want to do well because of course i think we all want to do well but we're all worried for so many different reasons and that's kind of where i want to go with this because this is this next story is the last thing that you want to happen with the new league coming up but people are already accusing of the league of like rigging the tryouts and there's already controversies and that kind of things coming up <laughs> So I'll just kind of briefly go through the article from uh, .esports. So there were 72,000 people that had tried out that like, kind of qualified to make it um, to even be in the league. And out of that, only 250 of them made it on out of the combines to move on to the next stage for draft. And pretty much as soon as that kind of ended, a couple of popular players and streamers who didn't make the cut pretty much just started going right at the league. I mean, some of them might just kind of be salty they didn't make the cut, but some of them were just kind of saying that they're rigged and that they think that there was favoritism and that the league had already picked a lot of those 250 players out. And actually, um, between Anthony Morocco or something like that, he's behind the Cavs Legion, um, the Cavaliers team for um, NBA 2K, was sending this message. And I want to kind of go back. Pretty much what it is is that um, they had some kind of connection before, and the player was kind of reaching out to that coach, like saying, "Damn, I didn't think I'd make it. Like I didn't think it." But then he said, "You're the, you're in. By the way, you're going to be in the last group of emails." Um, and then the kind of the last message he said, he said, "I got you, Brody. Not going to let you get snubbed like that." Which really kind of makes it seem as if it was planned, and that there was some kind of favoritism, and that it wasn't just based on the tryouts and what people kind of want it to be. 
I mean, of course, this could have just been a one-time thing and that this one player had a really connection. They knew how that is and that he deserved to get in there. But, I mean, this is just one player from a player that got in. Imagine what else could have been going on behind the scenes and things kind of like that. So, I mean, there's not a lot of kind of snowballing effect behind this. There are people kind of pissed off. But the league obviously isn't that big yet. So it's not going to reach ESPN levels for esports or anything kind of like that. But you don't want that kind of controversy. And those Twitter messages do seem kind of weird. Of course, there were direct messages. But what do you guys kind of think about that? I mean, do you think that they could kind of have that kind of conspiracy going on behind the the scenes already? Or do you think it was just kind of a misinterpreted message? I... I think I don't. Th- I don't know. I I'm not. I'm not opposed to thinking that there is some, you know, I'm not opposed to thinking that there might be some like a bit of foul play behind it. Um, whether or not this actually kind of takes off and seems to be like a major factor in the league itself, um, probably won't. We probably won't see if it does until the league. It, it, the league if it takes off. You know what I mean? I think something yeah. like this is going to get passed over fairly quick. Um, like I mean, yeah, it sucks for these uh, these players that didn't get you know, in, and may, like, like you said, maybe it is, like, maybe part of it is salt, but I mean, like, um, I think, I think this is something that we're not going to really see develop to, like, its full fruition until the league, if the league blows up, and then we're going to go back to this, and they're, you know, we're going to reassess the whole thing over and over again, so right now, to me, it doesn't seem like a huge, huge factor, but it's definitely something that's going to be a reoccurring, a reoccurring article, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with you, James, um, I think it's going to blow over quickly, but it's going to stay circulating um, and definitely come back to bite them down the road. Um, I don't think this is a widespread thing. I definitely don't think there's a big grand conspiracy by everyone doing the tryouts. Um, but I know for a fact that on an individual basis, uh, some people probably doing the tryouts are for sure um, putting putting favors into it. I mean, that's, that's kind of the nature of where they sit right now because even though it seems super, super professional, everything can seem super, super professional, but if you have any instance of where it's like a one-off person making a decision, uh, there's a really high chance, especially in, in something like eSports, that, you know, numbers are going to get fudged a little bit. Yeah, and I guess, so kind of an update, I just actually saw this down towards the end of the article. This was kind of an update a couple days ago by the director of the NBA 2K League. He was just kind of going on to say that, yeah, this was no hard... Um, this wasn't an easy task. There are so many players. Um, Is that the open letter? Yeah, the open letter. That's kind of what you're looking at down at the bottom. Yeah. But what they kind of went on to say is that, like, yes, this looks really skeptical. Like, we don't blame you, and we look more into it and talk to them. But there was things beyond just a simple win-loss and your shooting percentage and things such as that. They said that there's advanced statistics that count outside of just, like, the visible statistics, such as dribble move counts, balls poked loose, all that kind of stuff. Um your consistency, your matchmaking rating, and your drop rates and stats from drop games. So they kind of went back. So they're 100% supporting um, the Cavs and what kind of happened there. And I think they should do that. I think that was a good option because if they let that get out of control and kind of penalize it, then that kind of ruins the whole tryout kind of phase because if one team did this, what else stopped the other team from doing it? So I'm glad that they kind of backed it up and that – they did kind of go into a deeper explanation of the evaluation, which I think would help. I mean, of course, people are still going to be pissed about it just because it's the internet, but I did. I am happy that they did kind of address it. So I kind of agree with you guys. I, I in esports, I mean, this is such a hard thing, especially in the first year that 
I, I mean, I love conspiracies. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely think this one was a little bigger and that there really wasn't much behind it. And players try getting lawyers and such involved. And they're like, you don't really have a case. And even so, I mean, they have kind of the right to look at things outside of that. And they have the right to pick those players. But um, even after the open letter, is there anything else you guys kind of want to add to that? Or I uh, like, honestly, I think maybe they should be a bit more upfront with like the, the, what they were looking for at looking for in the tryouts. If, if there seemed to be like, you know, the potential for something like this, like there's like, I feel like the 2k league's big enough or it has the financial backing uh, uh, to have somebody smart enough to be like, eh, maybe, you know, this could blow back in our face. Maybe we should be ready for this. Maybe we should, you know, somebody in PR should have been, you know, kind of like ready for something like this. Um, so maybe, maybe being a bit more upfront in the tryouts and like what they're looking for specifically vice, you know, just saying, Hey, we're doing the tryouts and, you know, win loss, you know what I mean? So I think maybe that, maybe that would have been nice, but I think overall they kind of, they kind of tied it up fairly nicely, I guess. I mean, yeah, as as nice as you can kind of tie up a a large spreading conspiracy against your league. I mean, there's not much you can do there, but Dylan, do you have anything or? No, I mean, I, I hope it blows over. I hope, this isn't a widespread thing, and hopefully the 2K League does well, but we'll see. But yeah, so I guess before I go into the next news story, I want to ask your opinions. Do you think a Battle Royale game, rather it be PUBG or Fortnite, will ever be a serious esports game? And just a yes or no question. Do you guys think it has any opportunity? Yes, it could. I Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> You think so? You're not a fan? <laughs> I <sighs> Battle Royale for me is just like I like the concept. It seems it seems like it seems dope. Like I mean, I watch Fortnite, I watch PUBG, but for it to be like competitive, it's just like it's another it's a squad-based shooter, man. Like in like that's like highly dependent on like RNG of like where where well, I mean RNG to a point of like where you land and like where your opponents yeah. land and shit like that. I'm sure there's gonna be theory behind it and I know this was supposed to be a simple yes or no question. Of course I'm blowing <laughs> I'm blowing that out of the water right now. But uh, like I it's going to blow up because it's popular. It's gonna blow up because it's hugely popular. But I think a lot of the I think a lot of people are just gonna be like, well not why not play like CSGO and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's gonna be that's my question to it, right? Like why why bother right it's just it's a a more wide open cod or fucking csgo or something yeah. like that right i get that so I'm, i'll be curious to kind of what your opinions are on that but so i don't know how much you guys know kind of know but before pubg was big h1z1 king of the kill was the battle royale that was kind of the pubg of the current time and that kind of got ran over once pubg was released and had the more steady updates h1z1 kind of stopped supporting it but they're trying to make a comeback um, and Trump back into the Battle Royale scene. They actually just became a free game on Steam now. Um, they released, like, a Battle Royale and car mode, kind of like that, on top of their normal King of the Kill. And now they just announced a pro league um, that's going to be based in Las Vegas with 15 different franchises. So they're the first Battle Royale game to kind of form an official... Um, league in the NA. I mean, of course, kind of over in Korea, there's tournaments, and even in the NA, there's tournaments and stuff, but they're creating a pro league very similar to the NBA 2K League or anything kind of like that, and it's going to be based in Las Vegas, like I said, um, and they'll have a 
an arena very similar to Overwatch League, and it'll be host its weekly matches from the Twin Galaxies Esport Arena um, from Caesars Entertainment Studios, a 50,000-square-foot um, state-of-the-art uh, facility. And they'll say they have teams, just kind of the bigger ones, Cloud9, Chronologic Gaming, Echo Fox, um, Rogue, Team Solo Mid, Team Vitality, and there's other ones. Those are the ones that stood out to me. So they got kind of the bigger names, and they're partnering with ESL. But that means it's going to be on Facebook only for streaming. Oh, my so, God. Oh, no. That's kind of the initial. So, yeah. So, I'm like, I'm all on board with this. I'm happy to see that they're growing a pair, kind of throwing out and being the four first to kind of form the league. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be all on board with this. I'm going to watch it first once. And then I saw it. Partnered with ESL and going to be on Facebook. So, <laughs> time to watch it on Facebook, boys. <laughs> do you think there's any chance? I mean, let's take Facebook out of the equation. If this were to be on Twitch, do you think this would have had any chance to kind of move up and be a reputable league? No. No? H1Z1 is not good anymore. People don't, I mean, like, people play it, but, like, well, first of all, people just like PUBG in general a lot more. And on top of that, you have Fortnite out now, which Fortnite and PUBG are, like, really, really head-to-head. Like, they're super, super head-to-head right now. And I think both of them are, are... making each other better um obviously the games are a little bit different but just both of them existing in in the space and both of them being good games um it's just driving both of them to become better and better and h1z1 has been like just a shittier version like it's, it's just it's just a worse version of both of them so what's the point like what is the point yeah of it i mean like have they has there been any like me like i mean you said like the the like the auto deathmatch thing. Like I, I, yeah. I think I think I've seen a clip for that, and I mean, it looked pretty, looked pretty ridiculous. But like, uh, I don't know. I think unless there's some other major content patch that made it like relative to PUBG, but I mean, like they should have done this shit as soon as PUBG or H1Z1 started blowing up because it did. It blew up real, real heavy. Yeah, it was big for a while. It was kind of. I mean, it would never reached PUBG popularity. Never reached no, the mainstream. No, no, no. But it had its peak. It was the battle royale game that. If it would have done it right, it would have been able to get to PUBG level. Because what people loved about PUBG is that they keep pumping out the updates. Same with yeah. Fortnite. Fortnite releases something pretty much every single week. PUBG, every two weeks, they make changes that the community wants. Both games are doing an amazing job of updating, giving their players what they want. H1Z1 just kind of said, we're king of the, we're king of the hill. I mean, not to go off the pun of the game, but like, they're like, we don't need to care about the community anymore, which a lot of kind of bigger games, once they get up there, um, they just kind of stop worrying about it much and don't think anyone can take them off, and they stop doing updates. And I guess I don't follow it that much, but this is the first time that uh, the automotive, I don't even know what they're calling it, the I car death know. match. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's like uh, Road Rage or something. Like, I don't even know. Someone can correct me later. But... um. That's the first time they've made news since PUBG was announced. I mean, they haven't had any big updates. I mean, I think they paid uh, Dr. Disrespect a stupid amount of money to go and play in a tournament or two. That's the only way they're getting players at this point. So, I mean, maybe they would have had a chance if they kept updating, but they got lazy. They're partnering with ESL because they're probably the only people that are going to take them because they need whatever they can get to get people watching on Facebook at this point. But, yeah, I mean... I guess we can kind of bring the Facebook conversation back in. I mean, neither one of you really think there's a oh, chance. No. So uh, you think Facebook <laughs> is just the final nail in the coffin for this? I 
Yeah, dude, you condemn yourself once you go. Like, I mean, ESL is bad enough because like games have been bailing left, right, and center out of ESL because it's a fucking nightmare. Um, and I think like H1Z1 and like see now like I was like I was like all stoked like I was like cool we're gonna do a stream I'm gonna I'm gonna you know rep rep this shit and now I'm like kind of ashamed because like what the fuck are they thinking what like why why do this investment like I mean it just seems. It just seems like it's gonna crash and burn, and I think every team yeah. in that in that list. I mean, there's some of the smaller teams. I can understand why they're in there, like uh, like Rogue. Um, I can understand because they want to get their name into something. But guys like TSM, CLG, Echo Fox, they don't Cloud Nine. They don't need this shit. They don't, yeah. they don't need a dying game. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Do the same shit. Do it with PUBG or Fortnite. Like I mean, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna do a battle royale game, do that. Don't. Don't resurrect a dead game that's not going to stay alive long. Yeah, I mean, I at the very least, I hope this at least encourages PUBG Corp. I mean, I think they started an office up in Dallas. I mean, they have an American presence now, so and not Dallas and Detroit. I'm sorry. Um, hopefully, this at least encourages them to take a shot at the league because yes, I think the H1Z1 league will probably fail. I mean, it'll have attraction. It might. I don't think the prize pool is very big or anything kind of like that. Like, whatever. It'll run a course, do a couple short seasons, probably whatever. But hopefully this at least encourages PUBG, like, okay, someone else is trying this, and we're 10 times the size of them. Why not we try to do the same thing and actually do it right? So maybe that's the one good thing that could come out of this. Um, but outside of that, I think it's just kind of a funny news story. Like, it's the first time they've been in the news forever. So, I mean, good job, H1Z1. You have your couple weeks of fame, but <laughs> yeah, if, after if that. that. If that, yeah. Yeah, and this is going to be really good for saying, like, how not to do and, uh, like, come back for esports. Like, yeah, everything yeah. that they could have done wrong, they're pretty much doing it wrong. Like, uh, it, it's disappointing, but I guarantee you that Fortnite and PUBG are already in talks with, with people about getting something like this up and running. And it's going to be way better. Um, yeah. I probably wouldn't watch it, but I, I guarantee it's going to be popular. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoy watching the streamers, but. I don't know if I'd ever sit down. I mean, it's no different than watching a streamer, really. I mean, sure, you can kind of view the different players. There's a little more team, and you can kind of support a team you like. But in the end, it's no different than just kind of watching a normal streamer, which I think is going to be the problem. So Dr. Disrespect or um, Ninja, people that have that really heavy entertainment that so many people come and watch, unless they were in the league, I don't think people would. I mean, which, which will never happen, right? Yeah, I mean... Why wouldn't I mean? Okay, so let's kind of go with that. So Ninja is obviously the biggest. Yeah, I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of yeah, waiting. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs> um, Ninja is the biggest Fortnite streamer out there right now. I mean, he's shattering records right now on Twitch for subscribers and things kind of like that. He's the amount of money he's taking in a month for subs alone is stupid. Um, but and then Doctor's Disrespect is obviously the biggest streamer for um PUBG. What are the pros and cons of these guys joining the league like why wouldn't a team want to sign either one of these if the fortnite league popped up or the PUBG signed or why would they not want to join a team so for me and i use i'm going to use cutie as cutie pie as a, as a as a kind of like a point of reference okay um the the financial comparison no league is going to be able to compare to a streamer salary i don't think especially one as popular as those two um to me i don't like i mean they're, you're going to be paying them a stupid amount of money which maybe PUBG or fortnite has um eventually but i feel like it's not worth and they, like it's not worth 
the investment for the streamer because then you're committed to you're committed to scrims you're committed to certain dates so i mean if you do have like if you do have an emergency or you know you cheat on your wife um you're not going to be able to <laughs> take a break from streaming you know what i mean so like you know what i mean it doesn't allow for those things to happen right you keep playing and then you keep getting that flack you know what i mean so it does to me. It doesn't make sense. Like, why would you do it? I mean, it can. It makes sure you're consistent for a bit, as a, you know. But I don't see disrespect or ninja kind of falling off. That being said, it's gonna lose the streamer notoriety as well if they get shit on. That's the other thing too. Um, I don't watch a lot of ninja or disrespect. Um, I don't like. I mean, from what I gather, they're both pretty good players, but they're also incredibly entertaining as well. Um, but if they just get like, if they just get blown away by somebody who's just overall better skilled you know what i mean like okay it's it's a prime example um cutie and faker um faker is not a personality he's no, not he's he's god, a no. god but he's not a personality right cutie buys personality faker shits on him guess who's still popular at the end of the day faker right so i mean and, it, and like i mean it takes away from cutie pie's skill but i mean like everybody just kind of like chalks up the memeing because he can play it off like that you got to be an entertainer to play, yeah. play that shit off but at the end of the day everybody is going to know he's vastly superior to him in like in gameplay so it's it it depends if ninja or disrespect or any guys like that want to put that at risk you know what i mean so like that's kind of why they i think why there's so much hype but besides the entertainment these guys are really good players that aren't really being matched competitively um and i think once you interject that you start you could see the collapse of a personality very quick yeah before you answer dylan I just want to say we went 25 minutes and 37 seconds without mentioning League of Legends. So that may be a podcast record. <laughs> I just want to say that's a proud moment. Did for you this put podcast. a timer on or like, are you just, oh, like, no, I just looked to... over at the Okay, okay. Like, All right. All right. Fair on. enough. So, always but Dylan, go on. League. Yeah, I know. Always. I mean, I told it, I said at the beginning of the show, like, oh, we're not going to talk about League today. I'm lying. I'm sorry, I, guys. I, I really said... did lie to you. Sorry, boys. Still found well, a way to bring yeah. it in. <laughs> so Dylan, what do you think? Um, I mean, I hate having the exact same opinion as James all the time, but I mean, it's the same thing. Um, it, I, the players just have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of, I'm going to have to take this many hours out of my stream schedule and put it into something else. And is it worth it? Like, am I going to lose out on donations that I should be getting? Yeah. It's for them. It's just a money game. Um, I don't think they're their like brand kind of like is riding on this kind of thing i definitely could see a lot of small streamers maybe um mm. taking the yeah. leap to possibly go to this because they think it's going to further their brand um i definitely think that's a possibility but i mean overall i i guess the the point's kind of invalid because i don't think this is really going to go anywhere so it's not really important for a streamer's brand yeah but let, let's just say this would be somewhat relevant i think people who aren't the top five streamers for these games could get a lot of value out of out of being a player hell yeah i mean i, I had at least to take a shot at it i mean i'm a subpar fortnite player but like for people i mean i think there'd be plenty of people that would be interested in participating in it but i mean i'll kind of be the devil's advocate i agree i don't think dr disrespect or ninja should get involved in the league anyways because they're making i mean why wouldn't Ninja want to do anything else? He's making $350,000 a month from subscribers alone, plus donations and advertisements and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the amount of money he's making is stupid. 
But so it wouldn't be worth his time. Those so for smaller ones, but so Shroud, he is another big Fortnite streamer and he played PUBG as well. He's a part of C9. So if C9 was in the PUBG League or the uh, Fortnite League, why would they not want to make him be a part of it? I mean, do you agree with that one? I mean, what could that be a problem ever if that league i mean this is all hypothetical because this isn't going to happen more than likely but i mean let's say this did ever happen that a streamer was picked up by a team simply because they're entertaining i think ninja is signed to a team as well i don't remember what but he's a part of a team so if those teams got involved i mean do you see those teams making the players go in and be a part of it or do they understand what they signed up for I think it's the same exact kind of argument because whenever uh, an organization signs a player, one of the big benefits you get is that your organization is essentially advertised every single time they're streaming. True. And if if the league seems really shitty and it's not like going to go anywhere, then why would you take stream hours away from your one of your most popular uh, avenues to get out into the community and have people see your organization and put it onto something that no one's going to see? It's like saying, why would you... Uh, close down a giant like billboard at a busy intersection to put it out in the woods somewhere. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. No, that makes sense. That's such a really good point. James, you got anything? I mean, like, as somebody who watches a lot of streamers who are like, who are tied to teams, like, I'm not a liquid fan because I watch, I will dominate. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like you watch the player. I mean, yeah, it promotes them, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. I think the, the cross promotion is, Negate, like negatable. Like I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth the investment. So I mean, yeah, it's good. Like it's good. It's to me, being signed to a team is better for the player or for the streamer than it is for the the the, the organization to like tied to the streamer. The streamer is going to get the streamer is going to be benefited by the the by like the team through through advertising and shit like that. But like, I don't know. Like when was the when was the last time any of you guys saw? saw fucking um dominate like uh advertised by liquids you know like you know twitter never yeah. happens doesn't need it you know what i mean he's promoted himself so and again it's the same thing with shroud c9 never has to promote shroud um now there is there is something to say that some players are associated with a brand and then that that's what adds to their popularity so i mean for like going with c9 sneaky is an incredibly popular player would he have the same amount of popularity if he wasn't tied to C9? Maybe, because that's a part of his brand, right? C9 is a part of Sneaky's brand, right? Yeah. So it, it, I think it's on a, almost on a, like a case-by-case basis. The same thing with Bjergsen. Like, I mean, Bjergsen's a really, really big name, and I keep bringing League into this. I'm really happy I keep getting <laughs> to be able to do this. But a huge part of Bjergsen is TSM. No, like, next to nobody remembers the fact that Bjergsen was on Copenhagen Wolves. I yeah. mean, like, so, I mean, the two, the two of them kind of go hand-in-hand. Um, but it doesn't need to happen with everybody, like, dominate or, I mean, that's just it. P- prime example is you don't know which team Ninja's a part of, right? Because it doesn't fucking matter, right? So, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's, uh, like, overall, I think it's a case-by-case basis on whether or not it's worth signing to a team or not. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah. No, I just, yeah. I like going to hypotheticals, and yeah, I think that's a good conversation. I mean, of course, I mean, it'd be cool to see actually some of this coming into action. I mean, of course, I'd love to see a new league start up, and... I'd love to see these things kind of coming up and just setting new precedents, precedent for esports and kind of streamers and stuff kind of like that. But I don't know; it'll be a while before anything kind of like, anything like that kind of happens. But 
I guess we're kind of talking about teams right now, and I kind of like that transition over the next topic. So the initial news story that I'm just going to kind of go through is very kind of shallow, but kind of where we want to go from this, I think is going to be really interesting. So first off, Optic Gaming has announced that they are no longer going to be part of the competitive Halo scene. Um, like, none of us really have, like, a big emotional attachment to that. None of us. I mean, I played Halo growing up, but... I, I have I, an emotional attachment to that. Speak for yourself, you? please. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I mean, I followed the shit out of uh, CLG's Halo team when they were still part of really? that. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Halo, yeah, Halo was like a huge part of my life when I like like growing up and shit like that. So when I, when one it was one of those things where you found out there's a competitive scene, you're like, oh my god, this is sick. You know what I mean? Like, so I think me and Dylan are in the same boat for that one. But yeah, yeah, that that, that was also like one of my first like big competitive games. So really, I mean, I loved Halo and I like played like I played all of them. I played like local competitive tournaments and stuff like that. But I guess I never transferred over to that like. They kind of won. That was one of the few. That and Call of Duty, I never... I mean, I always played and I took it very serious and I went very hard in it. But I never transferred over to following either one of those competitive scenes. Really, League of Legends and CSGO were kind of the first two that I got into so much farther down the road. So I actually find that really interesting that both of you... Um, well, it's just like the, it's like the grassroots thing you know what i mean yeah. like it's kind of it's what you were it was what you were brought up on same thing with dylan and starcraft you know what i mean like that, that yeah. was you're, you're always kind of gonna be kind of tied to it i mean i stopped following the competitive halo scene again once clg trashed the roster but yeah i mean up until that point it was fucking it was great um it's yeah I, so yeah go ahead go ahead <laughs> i guess i don't know we kind of jumped on you really quick about <laughs> no it's fine no yeah i'm happy you did it please correct me if i'm, if I'm ever wrong I guess, I mean, Dylan were talking about a little bit beforehand. He didn't make any, like, big kind of gesture announcement to it. I guess I probably just talked over him if he did. Um, so I didn't, I didn't mean to assume anything. But going into the reasoning of why they didn't continue with the Halo team is that pretty much there was a disagreement between the old optic and the new optic. So for those of you that don't really know what that means, I actually just kind of figured out about this. And I think this is a really kind of interesting topic. But since um, Hex has sold a lot of the shares to investors so that they can get into the Overwatch League and the um, LCS, he's lost a majority control of Optic, and he's had been in control with forever. So a lot of people are kind of saying that Hex and all the players he signs and some of those teams are the old Optic, and now the Overwatch League and the NALCS teams are kind of the new Optic, and that... These two don't really agree. Obviously, investors just want to make their money back, while Optic Gaming, it's grassroots. They've been around forever. They're in everything, it feels like, and they support everyone. They give so many people the opportunity to get involved with professional. So there's a big kind of separation between these two. And I guess this is kind of the first sign that I'm seeing of big money kind of interfering with esports in a way. I mean, this is just inside one organization, but it's one of the more well-known esports organizations. I mean, I remember hearing about Optic trick shots and all that kind of stuff, Call of Duty and stuff kind of like that. Optic's been around forever. And now that big money's getting in, that they're starting to cut esports teams because they don't think they're as profitable or not worth the time and commitment. So what do you guys kind of think about that? Is this the first sign of money kind of coming into the esports league and really influencing it? Or is this just going to be a one-case scenario and other teams can manage it? 
I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, because, I mean, yeah, money did kind of get involved and cut it. But, like, if you have a big team, even if you're still kind of, like, owned within yourselves you're gonna you're you're gonna trim the fat like if halo halo esports right now is not in a great place that's for sure Mm -hmm. um especially compared to other esports so even if like they you know were still kind of like within just themselves i i definitely could see like them you know trimming it off because it it almost doesn't make sense to have it um yeah yeah like i mean the big because for me, the big thing you always tied Halo to was MGPL, to, or not MGPL, but uh, ML MLGB, the fucking the one. The, wow, like that that's, that shows how like <laughs> M, ML like uh, major league, major league gaming, you know uh, ML, yeah, ML, MLG, yeah, yeah MLG, yeah, yeah yeah. There we go, there we go. That was what I always associated with. But because the MLG has kind of become like a meme in like like you know today's like esports culture, right? It's a negative association, uh, like a, a association. Now, I think, I think the money is going to get in the way even more because now I'm looking, I'm looking at their like optics teams right now, and where they did have their hands and everything, they don't really have their hands and everything anymore. Um, I mean, the the next team that I think we're going to see if it's about all about the money is if their their Call of Duty team goes. Or not Call of Duty, their um actually yeah, no. Call of Duty is a good one as well as Gears of War. Those are the big two that I think we will see a drop off. Um and we'll see the 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 very like money focused um you know the new optic kind of thing. Kind of the way it goes. Cause CSGO or, or not CSGO, Call of Duty's been around for fucking ever, like you said. Like I mean, Yeah, if Call of Duty goes, I'd be devastated and I'm not even really connected to the team at all. Because <laughs> I know I mean that was just like they had so many videos and like all that kind of stuff. And they're all in this dreaming house. I mean, that was like every kid's dream growing up, like a bunch of guys playing video games together in a house, making videos and stuff like that. Like that yeah. is something I really looked up to. And that's something that got me more into video games and esports Cause you started seeing it being more of a reality and people living together. Like optic, I think is the first team I'd ever heard of and really got me more in the least interesting. I wasn't years later till I really got into esports. But the optic videos and stuff like that is really what got me into taking video games more seriously. So for me, I have a personal connection to that over the Halo team. <laughs> yeah, no, I th- and I think that this w- that's what we're gonna see is like th- these guys going away from like what made optic optic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that they just focus more on financial gain? Now that being said, the prize pools for for Call of Duty are still, to my knowledge, fairly fairly decent they're not like yeah i mean i halo has kind of been like the slow d kind of like prize pools and stuff like that but call of duty for the most part stays still pretty still still stays pretty steady mainly because call of duty cranks out a new game like what every year every year and a half yeah. um halo yeah yeah <laughs> and like halo is not the case you know what i mean like um we like halo had a really really good run with the competitive scene um in the earlier games but with like Reach and like Call of Duty Five and Four, or not Call of Duty, Jesus, Halo, Halo Five and Four, um, it just it, that I think to me that's where like the 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 breaking point was, and for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe Halo lost its hype, maybe the Master Chief wasn't as sick to people as he used to be, I don't yeah. know, but I mean, that's like I think that's where, I think that's where it, like it kind of started, um, so as far as Halo, Halo's dying and it's a known fact, but if 
all these other, like, I mean, we, I think we should kind of like compare other teams that have been around in the scene for a while that are dropping teams and stuff like that to see if they're becoming more money folks as well. Um, I think evil geniuses, it would probably be a, it wouldn't be a bad one to kind of like cross assess with because they, again, they're another, like they're another pioneer of like esports teams, right? Like they've been around for a hot minute as well. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I mean, I know they got out of League of Legends like ages ago. And then, yeah. like, I mean, like, and I don't, I don't really know why, but yeah, no. Uh, Dylan, how do you feel about it, buddy? Uh, I feel sad. Cause, like, uh, <laughs> that, that, I mean, like Andrew was talking about, that was like the big thing. Cause, like, I remember Halo and, and, uh, Call of Duty were like the first two big games. And just like going into different games and just seeing, like, not only was like, all these things like a team but like also it was like basically just a big clan like everyone had yeah. like optic in their name and KSI oh hell and yeah i had that definitely yeah like everyone had it in their name and stuff and like i don't know it, it it's weird because it shifted from like kind of like a just a big community with like with like top members who were the team into like now it's a brand and they're kind of riding off of the brand of what that used to be so it's i think it's interesting um but yeah they definitely need to cut out the games that aren't good anymore aka halo rest in peace yeah Rip. uh we'll yeah. we'll take a moment of silence and then afterwards i'll download halo wars 2 fuck <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm ready for that to be the next big esport uh i love halo wars 1 i fucking loved it i was I did too i have not got to yet but i want yeah i i've been i've been meaning to get to uh halo wars 1 uh it was really fun until they started like um, posting uh, like cheese strategies and stuff like that. Actually, on like on like the the, the news feed, it it broke the experience for me. Once somebody like once the developer was like, "Hey, here's how to do a warthog rush," I was I was done. I was fucking yeah. done. <laughs> That's the problem. I love RTS, but like the second it starts getting the micromanagement and all that kind of stuff, I'm like. That's over my head. Like you, that was that's all of a year for Dylan. I mean, with StarCraft, I mean, that's all that was the micromanagement, the strategies, all that kind of stuff. Like once it gets that hard, and I'm like, you got to make sure you're on top of everything. That's when it stops becoming as much fun for me. Like it's always a game that I just play because I love it so much for fun. But I still love Halo Wars, and I'm definitely you saying this makes me want to go and buy it after this and play a couple hours. But I already made myself a commitment that I'm going to try Dota at some point, and I still haven't even oh, downloaded yeah. that. Fuck. We made that commitment. We haven't we done did. it. Maybe by the end of the year. By the end of the year, we, me and uh, James, will play at least 10 games of Dota. That's the Do our placements best. together, buddy. Let's do it. Let's yeah. fucking do it. <laughs> oh, my God. If we can get to... I, that'd be something to compare. The toxic... the How toxic it is versus League versus dota in the ranked games that'd be think, something interesting dota pretty... is toxic yeah dota it's yeah, really it. toxic but isn't um isn't league getting voice chat or something soon oh please no yeah that's oh yeah it's loud. yeah is like it really? yeah, is yeah. That, is that a, that's a real thing right that's like yeah so basically they i think it was in like one of the pbe like uh like patch notes Whoa. a little while ago that they like i <laughs> that's gonna like, be toxic oh, gonna i'm be done good. playing league I yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, look at like Overwatch, man. Like, Overwatch's voice comms are so toxic, man. It's so toxic. Oh, I just mute them. Even when I play ranked, I just mute them. I'm like, I'd rather be a sub. I'd rather stay in gold than deal with the voice chat on in yeah. any kind of competitive. Video. Well, they, let's just say they like curse. Uh, curse tried to implement that um a little while ago. Hmm? Um, and it it was it was disastrous, right? 
it was it was a fucking nightmare. I mean, and everybody was really into it too. They liked it, but it just resulted like I think I'd say in about eighty percent of my games resulted in somebody flaming somebody, even if we were fucking oh, yeah. winning. You know what I mean? Because it's 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 like. A lot of guys restrain themselves from doing something stupid or like saying something stupid because you got to fucking type it out, right? You got to yeah. actually like take away from what you're doing in laning phase or some shit like that and type out a response to somebody. With once you have voice chat, there's no hesitation. You see that you see that bad trade across the map. You see that bad dive, and it's immediate flame. So I I think oh hell yeah yeah I have been so pissed from my best friends shit talking me and flaming me so badly that i've quit a game imagine a screaming 10 year old or some way too serious 30 year old yelling at me i cannot deal with that so i i have a question um when you guys started playing on like xbox and stuff was that before party chat was a big thing because when i started playing the only time you could do a private chat is if it was one-on-one with another person and you couldn't talk like in game and stuff so no one ever did that, and everyone was just open mic in every single game. And I never like I don't know if it wasn't like that toxic or if we just knew how to deal with the toxicity. I honestly I I remember that because I remember I remember it starting and only doing being able to have like the one person, and then yeah, and when then you once you go once you like went into the game, it was just it was a fucking free for all. But yeah, like I now that you mention it, like. If you had that one guy who was just screaming, like everybody just kind of like ignored him or muted him, and that was that was the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, man. Have we like? Have I think we, we like, just forgot how to talk with each other online. I think so yeah. too. I think yeah. I think the the etiquette went out the fucking window, and uh, you know here we are, right? I, and I well, I have a different perspective because I'm a little, I'm a couple years younger than both of you guys. I mean, so when so when I first started playing on PlayStation, there was group chat and all that kind of stuff but we never used it we always just chatted in game so like the microphone it would be open mic in game with even if you were in a party and you could choose to mute everyone else and all um or just have everyone open and it was toxic as shit when i even when i started playing probably in middle school when modern warfare 2 your generation's the problem yeah (laughs) yes i will give that all the shit people blame millennial i guess i'm gen x I found out that I am not a millennial. I am 10 days off of being millennial. So I'm a Gen Xer. So I am. <laughs> you found the cutoff. Oh my God. People that eat Tide Pods. That is my generation. <laughs> so I will. I consider myself a millennial, but I'm a Gen Xer. So I'll go ahead and blame my generation. Oh my God. I agree. I think around my. When my age group started getting in, I mean, I was way too young be playing a Call of Duty game. I, I was not rated. I mean, it was rated M and I started playing at 13. I think my age group was when people stopped taking rated M games as seriously, I believe. And that, that was the generation. Modern Warfare 2 is when a lot of the young kids, the 13-year-olds, like the 10-year-olds started playing and like that stereotypical screaming kid started Modern Warfare 2. And I think that was one of those first games that was so mainstream and so big that parents just bought it for their kids to shut them up. And that was the first one that really took off that big, I think. And I think that's where that kind of started. Because obviously, little kids never learn that etiquette. They learn their etiquette by talking online. And that's not where you want to learn how to talk. That's what gets you beat up in high school. That's what that gets you. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, now, see, like, and now this is, like, this is, like, this is down the fucking rabbit hole. But, like, now is it your no. fault or is it the parents' fault? Like, that's just, that's just it, right? Like, I mean... Somebody bought your dumbass. Somebody bought your dumbass the fucking Modern Warfare 2 at 13. You know what I mean? Like that's just it. Yeah. 
Well, that's like the big political debate right now. I mean, I am not trying to get into politics, but like in the U.S., you're, I don't know how much you're following this, but following the most recent mass shooting, they, there has been talk of blaming violent video games again. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. This was like back in early middle school, this was a big thing when like San Andreas and stuff like that, like that was like, everyone was blaming that. Like, look what our kids are playing. Like they're all going to turn into be psychopaths. It was proven scientifically that it has no impact on it. And we're going back to that again. And yeah. that is now what the video game industry needs. Just outside of esports, video games as a whole. It's not that. I 100% agree that it is parenting. That I think all of you can agree. Like, I played games rated way be- above what I should. I'm sure you guys did too. And we all turned out fine. Like, it is your more parenting. How much? Yeah, more or less. I'll give it Oh. So I'm not going to go into that too much, but I agree. I think it's parenting. I mean, well, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's like lack of, to me, it like in the, in the grand scheme as, as, as a very like blanket statement, I think it's more like discipline and stuff like that. Yeah. Lack it's of like, connection and understanding. And well, yeah. Like, I think, I think honestly, if like, if, dude, if my old man heard me like calling somebody like God knows what over the internet, I, my ass would be dead. Like I'd be yeah. fucking dead. Right. Like, like you, you couldn't get away with that, but now I don't know. I think maybe that's it. Maybe it's the, the disconnect between like the, the parent and the kid where you're just okay with him chewing somebody out and, you know, calling him like everything under the sun up until like racial slurs and shit, man. Like that's fucked up. That's really yeah. fucked up. And that's not hard to, that's not like, as long as you catch that shit early, you can, you can correct that. Oh, here, yeah. here, here I am a 26 year old, like giving fucking, parenting advice you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean but like, i mean i feel i'll buy my kid a game i'll buy my kid a call of duty happily if it's still being made at 10 years old that's when mm-hmm. i first started playing call of duty i sat down and played axe in hand i think it was called it was an old rpg kind of like a very small scale skyrim on my dad's lap at like five years old i mean i was way too young to be seeing that but it got me in my love of video games and i think as long as that communication and they understand and all that, like it's okay for them to play them underage, but there's just so many other things that they need to do, and obviously do things besides play video games. Um, yeah. As much as I play them now, but, <laughs> Dylan, where do you kind of stand in all this? Uh, I mean, I agree. I don't know if I would agree that, like, like I don't know, like there was some heinous, heinous stuff being said, like even when we were playing. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think. I think James kind of hit on it kind of well, though, um, and, and you as well, Andrew, that it's just, like, a lot of younger people starting to play video games because, like, at least the more mature games, they were for more mature audiences and stuff yeah. at, the, at like, uh, earlier on. So, I don't know. I, I guess just the accessibility of it and the lack of context for a lot of kids playing the games. I, I think that's just, like, the two big things is... Yeah. Because, um, like, even when I was super, super young, I, I played the Radio M games, but, like, my dad was able to give me, like, context for it. And the maybe, talk, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's like, listen, this is, like, there's, like, things in this, and, like, here's the context for them, so it's, like, so you won't turn out to be, like, a big fuck Games? Yeah, <laughs> big fuck <laughs> <laughs> No, and I mean, I think it may have been different because voice chat started after we started playing video games and now people are starting to play video games with voice chat already i mean my first system was ps2 so i learned to play video games like i'd go over to a friend's house bring my playstation and we communicate that way and my communication through video game was always with close friends so obviously you're going to be you're going to give them shit but you're going to be still polite not calling them insults or anything kind of like yeah. that 
and voice chat wasn't a thing. But now, the second anyone boots up Call of Duty and plugs a mic in that comes with the system now, they can say whatever they want. They can hear whatever they want. So that it, may be something different too. Yeah, and I think the big thing, and a big uh, that's a really good point, because the big thing is, is there's no repercussions. There's exactly. no repercussions for calling somebody the N-word on the internet. None whatsoever. You're, you could get fucking banned, but, like, I mean, you're just going to go, like, you know, you know, no, who 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 gets banned in Call of Duty? Is that a thing? Does that happen? I don't think it does. Rarely. No. Rarely. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. League of Legends a little different. Uh, I mean, Starcraft a little different. Um, because it's easier to track. But that was just it. When voice voice integration was being brought into games, you your etiquette, your 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 conversation etiquette was vastly de- different because it was based on having a, a discussion with somebody right in front of you. So yeah. if you if you were a dickhead to that person, well, you could get your ass kicked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I mean like I mean I'm saying get your ass kicked as like the most severe kind of like repercussion. Yeah. But I mean like there was still there was still like again there's still repercussions to it. But there's nothing now. You like I mean again I'm looking at you two right now. But there's no way in hell that either of you are gonna travel up to fucking Nova Scotia, Canada, and kick my ass if I say something ridiculous. You might ignore exactly. it. Exactly. I mean I would have got, got a new Fowlin. I would have got a new Fowlin. I wouldn't even gone to the right place. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? And that's and the, like that's just it, man. There's no there's like no like I mean unless you are like one in like I'd say I think I think an accurate an accurate representation is like one in maybe like 500,000 that you're playing with somebody who's in yeah. a the general vicinity of you and that knows about it. Like you're never you're never going to have a repercussion unless it's from the parents. And I think that's and I think that's why we're seeing such a rampant issue with like toxicity and shit like that. No, I definitely agree. Um, Dylan, any uh, last points you want to hit on before we clean up? Otherwise, we're kind of getting towards that hour mark, and we can kind of start wrapping up the first live episode. Um, yeah, I just want to touch upon, again, uh, just for this nostalgia of when there used to be the open mics in the, the game lobby beforehand when you can talk to the opponents. The enemy oh, team, God. And then the <laughs> post-game, you could also talk to them again. Yeah. Oh, that was the best. I missed yeah, that. Yeah, was. that was. That was some good stuff. <laughs> But no, that's oh. all I have. No, yeah. God damn, that makes oh. me. I mean, so did he, either one of you guys are both Call of Duty fans. At least somewhat, you both kind of talked about it. Modern Warfare 2 remaster coming out soon. Does that hit any kind of nostalgia for you guys? It hits me in the feels. I'm not yeah, going to lie. It does. I don't know if I'll, uh, I don't think I'll pick it up, but it does. It does bring back. I, I want to. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I think about it. I mean, I picked up Modern Warfare 2, and I'm the first Modern Warfare remaster, and it felt different. Maybe because things have changed so much. It did feel really different. I mean, it got better, but I mean, Modern Warfare 2, the amount of hours I played in that game is stupid. So, of course, I'm probably going to end up buying it, even though I won't won't get my money's worth. But that nostalgia, that's something about our whole generation is we love nostalgia. Roasted roasted to glasses, baby. Everything. Everything. (laughs) But I guess, yeah, we're at the about 55-minute mark, and we've somehow not had any technical difficulties since we launched. So let's not push our luck any longer. Let's kind of wrap this up, and um, I'll let you guys kind of do you have anything you guys want to pitch or anything you're working on, any kind of big things going on in your guys' life? Um, not so much I want to pitch, but I'm actually, I, I don't think I've mentioned this to you two. Um, I got into school, which is fucking dope. Uh, I saw that on Facebook. Nice. That is awesome, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fucking, I'm fucking stoked. It starts in like less than a month, so I'm kind of stressing out about that. But yeah, no, that's, that's the only like self-promotion I have for myself. <laughs> Congratulations, dude. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. No, Dylan? I, I don't have anything that good. Just follow me on Twitter, please. Yeah. <laughs> At Deal For Real. I know. I'm like, I was totally ready. Like, oh, yeah, my Twitter's this, my Twitter's that. But, like, 
James is going to school. Like he's uh, like, yeah. <laughs> a big shot now. But yeah, I, I know, guess man. always. Oh uh, yeah, check me out on social media. Um, I guess and yeah, please. Um, if you're a podcast listener, um, go and check us out on Twitch now with our streaming. Ideally, at eight o'clock Central Time, nine o'clock Eastern Time, ten o'clock Canada Time. Ish. What? Can't, can't. Yeah. I'm I'm Atlantic. I'm Atlantic. So whatever time zone you're in, um, you can figure it out. And then it'll start going on YouTube now. And then, of course, you're here later. Again, podcasts go live on Monday. So check out all of our social media. Um, I'm Nims41 on most platforms. Otherwise, I'm Andrew.NimsGurn. But I'll hand it off to – oh, I guess I am the first in the actual offline. So, yeah, yeah. and that does it all for this week to <laughs> the Project Esport podcast, the first ever live episode in episode number 20 of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as Andrew already said for me, um, as he's just basically read the entire script himself. <laughs> um, don't forget to, yeah, no, yeah, it's all good, buddy. Yeah, find us on all our platforms, guys. Um, they're frequently li- linked on our Facebook and Twitter. Um, any any subscription, any any follow, any download, man, it means a shit ton to us. Yeah, and I'm really hyped to say this that we live stream all our podcasts going forward hopefully uh every sunday night at 9 p.m eastern time um at twitch.tv slash project esports podcast and the vods are going to be up monday morning so be sure to download those as well all right guys i'm james i'm dylan and i'm andrew thank you guys for listening and watching